I appreciate Janine taking time out of her busy life for an Orange Sox interview. I wanted to speak with Janine and get her perspective as the grandparent of Hunter, who has less encephaly. We found out he was about four months old, but we knew something was wrong when he was born. Um, he, didn't have, he didn't hold his head quite right. He couldn't nurse. He wasn't sucking. Um, he couldn't, no eye contact. He didn't look you in the eyes, um, kind of glanced away. And, and we thought, oh, he was maybe developmentally delayed. We had another grandchild to compare him with that was born five days before. So we laid them down together and, and uh, we just, it was, it was about a, into a month, about a month or two months, we kind of noticed some, some differences between the two and, and he would arch his back um, quite often. He just wouldn't, wouldn't cuddle in and he would arch his back. And so we just thought, oh, he's, you know, it's just, just this is kind of what he does. And so it was, uh, I was in a meeting and got a phone call that he'd had a seizure that day and they were up at Primary Children's. And so I drove up to Primary Children's Hospital and they were in the ER there for, we were there for about seven hours. They did the CAT scans and MRIs and had each doctor come in and talk to them. And, and uh, they had all the parent, they had the parents there. They called us all in when the neurosurgeon was there and he called us all in and told us what he had and what would happen and what his life would be. And that's kind of when we found out, um, shock. Um, I witnessed, well, my first grandson, my first son, I watched two parents fall to their knees and sob, you know, just sob. And we all were crying. It was a shock. It was, you know, they, they weren't expecting that kind of news. And the doctor told him everything, kind of. He says, he'll never walk, he'll never crawl, he'll never talk, you know. He's, and he just told him he would respond to love. And he said, that's, he says, he will respond to love. So love him. And he kind of hit us all between the eyes pretty hard. And, it was pretty devastating that day. So Janine, what was the hardest part for you? Yeah, watching the seizures was probably the hardest part at the first, was uh, watching him go through the seizures. Um, you know, and uh, he never cries tears, but in the seizures he cried tears. And so sometimes I'd just cry with him and just, you know, not anything you can do while they have a seizure. And I think those were the hardest to, to visualize and watch. Um, you know, feeding him was hard. Um, he didn't swallow until he got the feeding tube. Feeding was hard. It took a long time to feed him. So if you were babysitting him, it would take, you know, only two ounces of milk. It took a, a, over an hour to probably get him to take that. Trying to get him to swallow food, you know, it just took a while and he would choke. And, um, you know, and just have, when you took him for walks, you had to take the suction machine and everything with you. If you took him in the wheelchair for walks, you had to carry all the stuff with you to make sure you had everything with him. The nights were the hardest if I tended him overnight um, because he made noises and, and they just said, oh, just have the monitor on and, and uh, he would choke and sometimes you'd run in there. But I pretty well stayed up the whole night because um, I wasn't aware of all the noises and things he would make at night. and kind of scared me a little bit, so I just stayed up and watched the monitor the whole night or slept on the floor by him, just went into his room. And so I think those are the hardest parts. Um, making sure he's comfortable because he can't talk to you. When you sit him up on a, on a lounging chair or move him around, you just don't know whether he's comfortable or not. Sometimes he would, you know, give you a face so you know that maybe he wasn't comfortable, but just making sure that, you know, he, he was comfortable. Those, I think those are the hardest. What was your reaction to the diagnosis? What's interesting is I remember the day after the diagnosis, 
Um, I didn't sleep all night, you know, and I was kind of angry the next morning. I, got, I was out on the steps at 4.30 in the morning and five and the sun was coming up and I was a little mad at the sun for coming up because this was not a normal day for our family, but you know, it was and, and, the, and your life goes on. But um, I went over to see Bryson. Bryson is Janine's son and Hunter's father, and Emily is her daughter-in-law and Hunter's mother. I, I gave them some time and I thought, I just need to go over and see them. My heart was just full as a grandma and a mom. And I got over there and Bryson was laying on the couch by him. And I walked in there and Bryson, um, I went in there and kissed Hunter on the cheek and he goes, see, I told you to get more kisses now. That's what he said. And I was a little shocked. You know, it was like, see, I told you to get more kisses now. And um, Bryson said he, in his heart, he knew something was wrong all along. And he said, when he got the diagnosis, he finally had the peace to deal with it, which I thought was a very interesting comment. Where he, in his heart, he felt anxiety and nervousness over something that wasn't quite right and not knowing. And so he said he had kind of a peace and a calm, which, which I thought was kind of an interesting comment. I. I was up all night, and I'm sure they were too, but yet, when I got there, I was expecting to see, you know, maybe more heartache or something, and didn't see it when I got there. I thought that was kind of an interesting feeling or thought. What did you observe as the hardest parts uh, for Hunter's parents? The hardest for them is, well, at first it was just trying to figure out everything. You know, they tried shots, they cortisone shots, they've tried this, and, and uh, deciding whether to have a feeding tube or not. And if he qualified for the feeding tube, he wasn't eating, he was real skinny. You know, they knew he was hungry. I mean, he was skinny and, and he didn't eat very well. And to know that your baby was hungry, that, that worried Amway a lot. You know, to know that your baby's hungry or your child's hungry. And so when he finally got the feeding tube, that works. But, you know, they're, you know, watching, watching them, it, it's, it's moving him around. It's it's making sure all the everything's working. If he's on oxygen, you know, just making sure that they were caring for him. I, they had long nights. They each took a turn every other night, staying up with him. Tell me about when Emily and Bryson lived close by you. Well, when they lived here, you know, I was their respite, and I was the overnight person. And as he's gotten older. Um, you know, when I cared for him, I was little and just had one or two kids. But, you know, when they wanted to leave all the kids, that was hard. You know, because he was, it took me half an hour to 45 minutes to get all of his meds ready. You know, they're quick at it. They had to crush them. They couldn't get liquid ones because they cost more money and the insurance wouldn't cover them. And so you have to cut all the pills. You have to crush them. You have to suction them into all the syringes and, you have, you know, all that sort of thing. And, just took me forever to do all those things. And the more kids they got, the harder it got for me, but he got bigger. And to carry him around or, you know, he's 10 years old, but he's as tall as I am now. You know, he's got tall parents and so he's, he's tall and, and he's dead weight. He doesn't help you a whole lot, but to be able to pick him up and carry him around and move him from his bed to his wheelchair or, you know, somewhere that, that got hard for me. And then he, his seizures changed, everything changed. and. I felt it was hard. It was getting hard for me to lift him, um, to handle all the kids. And so just before his seventh birthday, they decided to move to Arizona for the last few years of his life. Um, here he had pneumonia. He was in the hospital all the time. We about lost him. You know, he, he doesn't swallow real well. He has lots of mucus. 
And so they, they moved to Arizona and kind of, I felt a very, very peaceful feeling. I, I thought I would miss him. I did miss them, but it's getting hard for me to take care of him. And so when they moved to Arizona for the last few years of his life to have better weather and climate, and he's last, he was supposed to live till five and he's 10. So they moved down there and, and it's, been, it's been wonderful for them down there. Um, they were able to get services. So the night, they have night nurses. For, so for the first time in their life, they slept. And I think it changed their lives having sleep with the other kids. And then um, because, because of their career choices and you know, their financial stability, they were able to hire two caregivers that come every week. Two caregivers full, I don't know if they're quite full time, but they help with the other kids, with housekeeping, chores and that. And so it freed him up from taking care of him all day. You know, so that kind of helped too. Tell me about the joys in having Hunter in your family. The joys? Ooh. The first, the, just when you hold, when he was little and I hold him, um, celestial face. Just like this, the same peace that you get, I would feel peace. And I thought, how can you feel peace, you know, with the child that you know his body is not even like anyone else's and it's not going to function. And we found out he was blind and that's why he doesn't really look at you, but, but you can sense in his eyes, you know, and, he, and he's blind, but you can see right through his eyes. The joyous was taking care of him, was singing to him, was his face would light up a little bit when he recognized voices and he does recognize voices. And he doesn't as much now, a little bit. He's, he's getting older and, and, uh, and on lots, lots of more medications for his seizures. But, you know, he would recognize your voice and just grin from ear to ear. And so that's the joy right there. What has been the impact of Hunter on your extended family? The impact is, is some family members were great to embrace it and hold him and, and love him. My dad has a connection with Hunter and could sit there and sing to him and hold him. And they would both just fall asleep in a chair and he's very soft. Other people didn't feel as comfortable, and 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 so that that was hard to see. You know, how can you not love a child like this? How can you not hold him? And so other people had to learn how to hold him or how to talk to him. He doesn't respond back. So how do you how do you communicate? How do you do those things? And yet, you know, you can love a child that doesn't communicate back just as much as you can any another one. You know, he's changed our lives, and and uh, I can't say. You know exactly how has he changed our lives? You know he's a he's a grandson. He's he's cute. He's you know he's got lots of equipment. Whenever you go somewhere, you know it's it's like packing up a whole house. You know, but you know he's changed our lives. And and I think you know um, will he be missed? Absolutely. He I think you know to lose a child doesn't matter whether he has a disability or not. I think the love that you feel is beyond words. He brought us closer together. There were times when you didn't feel close or you felt like, wow, what are we going to do? Or how are we going to handle this? Or, you know, nursing the baby, I would go to the hospital and take the nights till like one or two in the morning. Then I'd be to work the next morning because they needed some time together with their other kids. And, and you look at the challenges that they've had and, 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 you know, the money spent and the things that they have to do. And you look at it and it, you know, changed their lives. But I can't say that it was it's all been good it's been good it's been really good i appreciate janine and her honesty as she spoke of the difficulties and rewards of having hunter as her grandchild